And that's really what tonight is about. Again, whenever Dr. Susan comes, not only do we get blessed because, because she prays blessings over us that, that help heal our bodies, but more than anything, especially on Saturday nights, she shares a lot of cool stories just like this one for us to realize just how real Jesus is. But just so you know, and she'd be the first to say this, she would never want to be a one-woman show. In fact, her whole life is about giving it away and saying, you can do this too, all of you who have Christ in you. So would you honor and welcome Dr. Susan Richards? I'll get you up. Do you want to be up here? On my podium, yeah. Thank you. I want to say hello <laughs> to everybody. It's just great to be with all of you tonight. I'm always so excited to be here at Blazing Fire. And it's such a, it's such a joy because I was here this afternoon doing a, a teaching um, segment. And then I love being here in the evening where I can actually be with um, all of you and, and we can do prayer and healing for, for whatever you need. So um, one of the first things I wanted to mention is that... Um, Suzanne, Pastor Suzanne, was going to pass around some sheets. Because what I do like to invite you to do is to um, write down what you'd like to have healing for. It's very, it's very helpful. And um, so whatever you want to share, just feel free. If you want to put a name, if you don't want to put your name, it's, it's fine. And if you would like to get any of our um, emails about our healing events, you can also put a... Um, an email address or, or a text or both, and then we'll put you on our, on, our, um, on our list. But otherwise, please feel free to share anything, whether it's mental, physical, emotional, or life-based. It's, you know, it's, it's all, as far as I'm concerned, it's all, it's all the same, and um, God heals it all. And um, also, if you'd like proxy prayer, we're, we're used to doing, um, I'm used to doing proxy prayer for people who are all over the world, and, and God is everywhere. So it, he doesn't have to be here in Dublin <laughs> to, or, or in Taiwan to, to heal someone who's over there from here. So anyway, the sheets are going to go around. And I want to find out how many of you were here this afternoon for the, for the teaching. So a good number of people who were here, and then how many of you are, were not? So a good number as well. Are any of you totally new to our ministry, or everybody's been with our ministry? Anybody new? A couple of people. Am I missing any hands? Or Over there. Okay. So it looks like most of you are familiar with, with the medical and spiritual ministry that we have, which is wonderful. So I'll spend just very few minutes, for those of you that are, that are new, just letting you know a little bit about our ministry. But as Pastor Brent said, I do like to share testimony. I brought some slides. I love to share. It's really about the Lord. This is the good work of the Lord, and I'm really just serving him and doing this work. So I'll, I'll start out with just a little bit of, of um, introduction, but we'll go soon into testimony. And then really what we'll be doing is prayer. Um, that's my favorite part of the evening is praying for whatever you need, and, and also we'll be having people from... Um, our medical ministry team who are here, as well as the Blazing Fire Church. So there's a lot of, a lot of um, firepower from the intercessor side. So, so for those of you that are new, and it's, it's really not that many, which is, which is awesome, um, just to give you a little bit of background, I'm a, I'm a medical doctor 
by background, but I'm also an ordained minister. So I have kind of an unusual combination of the, of the two. And, um, and so my background is in medicine, and my location is in the Palo Alto area. So I'm, I'm in a little different part of the Bay Area than, than the East Bay. And um, the couple of things that I was doing before I was ordained, which I think were really a good training for me to do ministry, was, of course, I had a medical practice. And that was really um, a beautiful experience. In terms of the ministry, it was a great experience because it was a, a very personalized, relational Loving, I love everybody here wanting to give hugs, <laughs> including Brent, the new um, youth pastor, because I kind of come out of that culture as well from the medical side. I was one of the few um, doctors in my area that actually liked to hug people. <laughs> Most of us don't like to hug. We like to um, look at lab tests and prescribe drugs and stuff. I'm sure you'd all much rather have the hug <laughs> than, the, than, the, than the drug <laughs> that we were, or the cutting. <laughs> I would too, by the way. I'd much rather be hugged than have somebody cut me open. <laughs> that would be much preferable. So my patients um, were very happy with me. And um, I'm in that part of the medical field that I really love because, as you all know, it's a very specialized field. And you know, if, if you go with a particular organ problem, you may end up at a cardiologist, you may end up at an endocrinologist, you may end up with an ophthalmologist. And then there's a few of us that are specialized a little more broad-based, which is internal medicine and family medicine, and that's what my choice was. Um, I love being in that part of the field because it's much more broad-based, and it's a very good preparation for ministry than just being a retinal surgeon <laughs> and not knowing anything about the rest of the body or having forgotten it all. So I'm used to working with little kids all the way up to geriatrics, um, men, women, everything. So it's very comfortable comfortable for me to pray over everything from the medical side. So that was what I did. The other thing that I did was I, I was very engaged in medical education. Those of you that um, have been to our events, you all know this. So <laughs> this is what I'm sharing is nothing new. But for the new people, just so you know that I do love to teach. And so I was on the clinical faculty over at Stanford. I was on the teaching faculty of the medical school. So I did a lot of teaching over at Stanford. Currently, I do no teaching at Stanford. I'm a minister there. I do ministry. So I've completely dropped out of the medical side except to pray for the sick and I'm part of Christian ministry for the main campus. So I've kind of flipped over to the other side, and it's much more fun, although I love the teaching there too. But I love working with the students. I have some very good friends who are students. In fact, some of us are prayer partners, and, and I've loved being there. It's been really fun to do that. So my career's changed quite a bit, and I became a minister about seven years ago. And um, again, everything changed from that time. Most of my ministry at that time was in the ICUs of the hospitals. So up to three days a week, I was working with people who were either um, terribly sick, unlikely to ever be healed, and I was also praying for people who were dead who came back to life. I had a surprising number of dead people come back to life because I was amazed that God had me pray for so many. And I was at hospitals all over the Bay Area. Um, I saw a mountain of quadriplegics walking again, jogging, feeding themselves, doing everything that they were supposed to never do again. That was fun. And everything you can imagine that would be in the hospital, 
I saw God um, do with healing as he would have me pray. So again, mostly for those of you that are new, um, I saw God heal a lot of things that people weren't even in the hospital for. That was my first experience with praying for the blind and praying for the deaf and seeing all those things be healed. Um, I saw, you know, four-stage metastatic, stage four, cancer being healed then, burns being healed, dropping off of skin, skin restored. Um, People who had surgical procedures or who were in isolation just heal so quickly. God would either heal everybody of everything, and he would also do it quickly, and he would heal everything you had. That didn't matter if you were um, stage four cancer or quadriplegic or whatever. If you had other issues, he would heal them too. That's why I saw blind people and deaf people being healed because they weren't in the hospital because they were blind or deaf. Um, I would see relationships healed. I would see life healed. I'd see people coming to the Lord who were not Christian and believers. They were Muslims. They were um, Hindu, Buddhist, New Age, um, no belief, (laughs) like there's no God. (laughs) And by the time God would heal them, they would say, well, I think there definitely is a God because now I can walk. Now I'm no more cancer, no more this. And so he would bring people to him through total love. So that was my experience. Just a couple more things. We're keeping this part really short. Um, Let's see. A couple years ago, the Lord had me start a Facebook page. Again, this is for the new people, not for those of you that have heard this. But I started a very modest little Facebook page. And it was, was, you know, kind of uh, a partner with all the hospital and other ministry work I was doing. And it was truly a very modest page. It, it went nowhere. I, I started with about 10 people and worked really hard. And after a few months, I, I always say maybe we had 15 or 20 people. It was, not a, it was not a successful page. Nobody was interested in it. It was probably pretty boring because it was a medical page. <laughs> but um, anyway, at that time, God told me it was not the page he wanted. He was very clear I was doing the wrong page. And that was showing up in the fact that nobody was coming on and liking the page anyway. So at that time, I listened to him very carefully, and he said it was meant to be a page for the Lord. It was meant to be spiritual. It was meant to really show the heart of God and the healing and the, the, um, you know, the inspiration that, that God gives to people. So I totally switched the page over, and we went from about 15 people to 1,200,000 people. Now, that's what our Facebook page is. We've had millions of people on the page, and we, we pray for about a million and a half people a year off of this, and that kind of got me moving. We still weren't a ministry, but I realized we needed some people to pray for people. <laughs> we were getting so many requests. So we started. I started to actually put a prayer team together at that point. We still had no ministry. We had, by then, a lot of miracles, a lot of hospital miracles, Facebook miracles, just sort of miracles in general, but um, there was no ministry team, but we did have a prayer team, and that was really a cool thing. I, I really like that. Wonderful, wonderful people and friends who were, who were helping out with that. So we finally became a ministry about, it's now a year and a half. I'm really happy to say that we're actually growing and coming into our own. And the reason we became finally a ministry was that God wanted us to teach medical, healing, and spiritual together. And um, we started out with about 14 medical doctors. 
of which um, one of them just got up. This is Dr. Malou Cipriano. She can wave to everybody. Some of you know her. She's wonderful. Um, Dr. Malou, if I'm wanting to say everything right, she started out in emergency room medicine, which is a great place to do a lot of, you know, real dramatic, drastic kind of emergency cases. And she's a wonderful, um, wonderful woman of God, and I love working with her. She and I do a lot of teaching together, and um, that's been a real joy. And we had all kinds of doctors who came and joined us to, to do this training. Um, we had two, you all know what an oncologist is, right? Yeah, we had two oncologists from Stanford Medical. And we had a research oncologist who is super, super famous research oncologist, and then we had a training oncologist, and they were from Stanford Medical, and they were part of our training staff. And then we had an endocrinologist from Boise, Idaho, who came in from Boise to teach. And you all know Bethel. We had an orthopedic surgeon who's also a pediatrician come down from Reading. He was in the prayer team there, and he, um, he came and taught those two subjects, pediatrics and orthopedic um, issues for us. We had an infectious disease specialist from San Francisco who is awesome woman of God. She's the medical director of a big clinic in the city. So we had people from all over the place. And what did we all have in common? We all come from the medical field, but we love God. And we all love people, and we wanted to see everybody healed. So it was a beautiful experience. And, um, and we had wonderful people that we were training. They were all from, mostly all from ministry. Um, we had senior pastors, prayer intercessors, um, healing room people that I met through this, house of prayer, and we were teaching like a medical school class, the anatomy, physiology, biochemistry, immunology, but in kind of an easier version. It wasn't like going to medical school, which was, you know, very, it was very, it had its challenges. It was so demanding. But we wanted at a level where people who weren't medical could use it and they could believe in God and they could be ministers and love the Lord and be totally committed and devoted to prayer and healing and a huge heart for people, much bigger heart than we tend to have in the medical field, but they didn't know much about the body. So that's what we were doing with them. And I want to say one awesome thing as I'm interjecting. Um, The Lord is, he has kind of a master plan for all this. Because for the first um, year and a half, most of our training was for people in ministry to teach the medicine. Now, this is shifting. In about three weeks, I'm going to be at a church called The Mission. And it's in Vacaville. And I've never been to the church, but that's my first training of medical doctors. So I'm going to be training doctors to pray, like, like we pray, and nurses. And I'm really excited about this. And we need to learn how to come more from the heart in the medical field and and learn about miracles because doctors don't even believe in miracles. So this is awesome. We've also been asked by a couple other churches if we partner with them to go into hospitals they're working with and start getting the doctors involved too. So this is what the Lord is doing. He's shifting the medical this way and the ministry that way. So we all kind of meet in the middle and we all have the ability to work with everything that the Lord's given us. And I'm really excited about this. And it's actually being organized by medical doctors. It's not being organized by people who aren't in the field. It's being organized by um, an allergist and a person who's head of a radiology department. 
Um, so these are like doctors who really want to see this happening. And then I'll be doing the teaching, and Dr. Malou is going to be some teaching too. So, um, so that's basically what's, what's happened. Is um, The only couple other things I can mention is that we're, we're now training like we're doing here all over the Bay Area and Sacramento and Northern California. And we're starting to get invitations from other places. Like I was just invited by a professor of a medical school in Taiwan who, and, a, and the head of ministry of a, of a, you know, what to me sounds like a megachurch here. In there, it might not be such a megachurch. But it's a church with 10,000 people, and they have 16 satellite churches. And then the medical school people. And what they want is, is for training of all the medical schools there and the hospitals and the, um, the churches. They're all working together. This has all gone through their system. It's been all approved. The next thing is they just want me to you know, plan the program for them. So we're starting to get things like this. We've had some pastors from China say they want to bring this back. Um, places like New Guinea, I mean places I've never even been to. But they're really interested in, in bringing this kind of healing to their various countries. And these are just things coming out of the Lord because they're just, I don't even know necessarily how all the people hear about about this ministry. Um, so that's happening. And then the last thing is um, Dr. Malou is there with, with the phone doing the, the, live, the live stream. And <laughs> she's, she's waving at everybody. And um, we just started that a few months ago. That is new. And um, I'd never live streamed. I still really don't know totally how to do this myself, but I'm learning a little bit. But people in our ministry are very good at it. And we just started a few months ago. Again, this is for those of you that weren't here today because I did share this with the people taking the class. But we started, our very first live stream was in Fremont. And it was a church in Fremont. I've been to a lot of churches in that city and really enjoyed my time there. And this was a very nice church. Um, we've been there a few times doing um, you know, a, a healing service. And we did the live stream, and then at the end of the live stream, we had 35,000 people who had joined us for live stream. It seemed like an awful lot of people to me. And they were coming from all over the country. That was the other thing I learned. It was, you know, I'm Jack from South Miami, and I'm, you know, Jacob from Atlanta, and I'm Sarah from Boston. They were all people who somehow or other had heard about us, and they, they were desperate for healing. What everyone had in common is they're sick, and they're not healing. doesn't matter if they're in Mississippi or Texas or New York, but they need help. And, and so we were, we were giving them spiritual, but also the medical. That's what they were getting. That's a little different. And the Lord has continued to grow this just the way he did the Facebook page. So... Um, we very quickly went into the hundreds of thousands. And a low number for us would be about 300,000. A high number is about 800,000. And again, they're from all over the country, and they're people who are just needing prayer. They need, they need help. It's really what everyone has in common. Um, so I just sort of take things at the, as the Lord does them because I have no idea that we're even going to be doing these things. I, didn't, I don't think I even knew till the day we did the live stream we were even going to do it. I think it was decided that day. So I just kind of follow God, and, and 
And the biggest blessing of all for me, though, is to work with churches like Blazing Fire. I have to say this is the real, the real joy because what could you ask for more than to be with a church that is full of love, that is full of the Lord's heart, that really has a heart for people, for healing, for every way of doing it, um, healing, creativity, um, you know, tapping into many ways that the Lord can touch our hearts, um, can heal us. Um, and that's, that's a real beautiful part for me is the relationship. So that's what I, I have to say I enjoy that the most as a relational person. It's, it's, this, it's the most joy, and this is one of the really special places. <laughs> I always love being here. So for those of you on live stream, again, we're in Dublin, California at Blazing Fire Church. And if you ever visit California... This is the church. <laughs> this is the place to come. So I recommend if you're coming from Idaho or Missouri, make a stop off here on Saturday night. And I hope I'm not stuffing you guys with too many people, but that's what I, I do recommend. So we're going to go into the, um, into the healing testimonies now. This is, this is really fun. Let's see what we have. So um, what I did was I, is I wanted to bring... Um, a, a few varieties of, of types of illnesses just to show you some of the things that I've been seeing recently. And I have many, many different testimonies, but there's always something really special for me from the Lord. And um, one of the things I found really precious in the, in the um, ministry that I do is even when I was in the hospital, as I was sharing with you, um, the Lord loves all of us. You know, he doesn't treat you like you're coming into the medical field to see a nephrologist or a cardiologist. You don't have to make an appointment at God's clinic to go see the nephrologist in heaven. Maybe you do, but I'm not aware of it. <laughs> I don't think so. Not from what I've seen God do. And, um, you know, you don't have to go see your pulmonologist in heaven, you know, if you've got a lung problem. God can heal everything. He does heal everything. So, you know, whatever you need, this is what I love about the Lord. If you have, you know, a really serious, potentially terminal illness, and you're also, let's say you're depressed, what I've seen God do in all the healing work that he's, he's guided me on is, again, he's not, let's say, cancer because that's what we're dealing with here. He's not going to heal your cancer and leave you depressed. On the other hand, he's not going to heal your depression and leave you with cancer. That's just not the Lord's way when you're doing this kind of ministry. You're a whole person. You're precious. He, he's not going to just heal a little piece of you. That's what I've learned in doing this ministry. And I've seen him heal people's whole lives, You know, whether it was their job or their... Um, relationships or their finances or their car god can everything gets healed through him so this gentleman this man is an example of that because um as many people i see he was struggling both physically and emotionally and so he he, first of all emotionally because that's the first thing that responded was prayer Um, he responded when i was praying over a church family as i like to do and what he shared with me is he was an extremely bitter person. You know, God does not want us to be, um, you know, kind of 
emotionally crippled with unforgiveness and bitterness. And he said I was not, you know, he said I was bitter and I was nasty and I was unpleasant and angry and you know, just not a very nice guy. And, and then the Lord just, you know, gave him a healing. And that was a, a beautiful thing of his mind. And he said his mind's totally changed. He said he just is, he doesn't have that anymore as an issue. So I thought that that in itself would have been a beautiful healing. We didn't need any more than that. Had he said that, I would have been totally happy. I would have been applauding and, and thrilled because that's a huge healing when people can shift in all their relationships and in their inside torment because whatever it is that is not the love of the Lord is torture. Like when we're fearful, it's torture. When we're angry, it's torture. When we are... Um, resentful, it's torture. Um, when we're critical, it's torture. When we feel like a victim, it's none of it's none of it's of God. These are all, you know, things from the enemy, things from the generational curses, things from life um, trauma and injury. So it's not God. But the other nice thing was it turned out he also had cancer. Now that cancer, um, he said, the cancer um, was magnificently touched by the second time he got prayer. Um, and he had a big, huge, tumorous um, lesion and big, big, fat lymph nodes. And he said with prayer, he said this thing just shrank to nothing. He said it just shriveled up. And I was actually sharing with those of you that were here this afternoon. Again, remind me who wasn't here this afternoon. Okay, a lot of you. This is a really cool testimony. I won't spend time on it because I did introduce it this afternoon. But there was a church, and we have one of the church people here. Anybody else from Vallejo Church? And tell me your name. Candy. Candy. Okay. So we have from the same church? You're both from the same church or different? Okay, so Esther's the only one from the church that I'm doing the testimony from. Anyway, it's very cool because it's a cancer um, testimony again. So this is a wonderful church up in Vallejo, and I go there. They actually have me come up monthly just to pray over the church family. So I'm very fond of the the pastors and the the church family there. So it turned out that one of the um, women who is part of the church family had bilateral kidney cancer. So she had both kidneys affected with cancer, which is a nasty cancer. It's one of those, you don't want cancers. But she had that, and she asked me if I would pray for her. And so, um, so, so I did. And she had a very cool testimony that the, um, the senior pastor actually shared with me on the phone, and, and this was shared with the church family. And so she got prayed over, and then her doctors didn't think there was no cancer, as far as they were concerned, there's still cancer there. So they cut her open. She went to surgery, and they operated on her, and they couldn't find any cancer. The all, this was really funny. The pastor said the only thing they could find was this little lump the size of a peanut. Now imagine that you've been cut open by the surgeons. There's a little peanut in there. And so they pull the peanut out because they thought, there's our cancer. They open up the peanut, and there's no cancer. There's, like, no cancer, zero cancer. So it was a very cool testimony, and um, her name was Susan as well, different last name. Then we have another testimony coming in. We're at a church in San Jose called Freedom Worship Church, and um, that's a wonderful church. 
and we get a testimony over our live stream from a woman from the same church as the other Susan with the little peanut that didn't have any cancer in it. And this was a very nice woman who sent us a testimony saying that she asked for a prayer at the same church. She said, I was at that church in Vallejo, and she said, I asked you for a proxy prayer. It wasn't for her. It was for her nephew. And she said, he, guess what he had? He had bilateral kidney cancer. Same cancer, no difference. And she said, you prayed for him. It's proxies, not in the Bay Area. And she said, the cancer just totally disappeared. Another kidney cancer just disappears at the same time. And she sends me a beautiful picture of her nephew wearing a cap and gown, getting a diploma. He's graduating, and a big smile. And again, what I shared this afternoon, which touched me, was what if he hadn't healed? What if God hadn't healed him, and he wasn't there, and he wasn't doing all these wonderful things, like getting his diploma and big smile and happy? So that really touches me about God. And then, um, let's see, water. (laughs) So finally, the the third testimony. Oh, thank you. Wonderful. So then I get a third testimony from the same church, and it's from Pastor um, Fuller again, senior pastor of the church, and what does he tell me yet again? He said, well, there was another woman that you prayed over, and she had kidney cancer as well, and it's the same thing. He said her kidney cancer completely disappeared. So we had three people... One that, two that were there and one that was proxy, with all getting rid of the kidney cancers through God. So I thought that was exceptionally cool of the Lord. <coughs> so let's go to the next picture. <coughs> and this is a picture of a, of a really nice man. You can see he's playing a keyboard. And this is a church up in the North Bay again, but not in Vallejo. It was in an another one of those cities. This actually was in Fairfield. And um, so I've never even been actually to the North Bay before. Just doing ministries the first time I've been in Vallejo. I've been in Fairfield. I'll now be in Vacaville to do the doctor training. So we've been to this church a few times as well. And it's a lovely church, wonderful um, pastors and great people. And what you're seeing is a man who, he was their only worship um, at that, that service. He was playing the keyboard, and I was just, in, I was so excited. And he let me take his picture. Now, the reason this picture is important is that um, the time before that I had been at the church, um, again, he's a, he's a man that wanted prayer. And what you're looking at is a man who has been heavily medicated because he was in extreme pain. There was not a muscle in his body that wasn't in pain. So you're looking at a man with pain, a man with um, serious diabetes should be in the hospital, a man with um, hypertension and heart disease. And um, the first time that I was there, I didn't know anything about his illness. I just know that when I was doing a small group, he came up and wanted prayer along with all the cancer patients, people who were in um, you know, organ failure, people rejecting kidneys, whatever was going on. And part of the way through the service, he was yelling and screaming as I was praying that 
that he was feeling fabulous, and he kept just saying, it's gone, it's gone, it's gone. So I had no idea what was gone. I just knew something, <laughs> something good had happened. So at, at the end, and he's talking to a man next to him. They're both standing to the side and back of me as I'm praying. And then what was really cool was that um, it turned out that every bit of pain over his entire body, where he could hardly move, was gone. And as of now... This man is on no pain meds. He's completely off every single medication. And he's playing the keyboard. This man could do nothing. And then he goes up after I pray, and he checks all of his, his reads. And his horrible blood sugar read, where he shouldn't have even been, as I say, in the church. This man should have, as far as I'm concerned, should have been in the hospital. He was in terrible control. His blood sugar was normal. So God drops his blood sugar level, and his blood pressure is normal. So when he comes back, he's playing the keyboard, and he's in great mood. And our prayer team was up there from our ministry. He came at the end and stood by us and just went on and on about how much he loved God and how grateful he was. And it was really funny because the first time after the, you know, it's gone, it's gone, and he checks his reads, and everything looks good. It was really funny because the rest of the evening at the church, every time I'd look at him, he had kind of grabbed another person <laughs> to tell them what God was doing. It was almost like he showed off to every person in the whole church that he could grab to tell them what God had done. He was so excited. So every time I'd look at him, he was with a different person. And at this session, oh, he's just playing the keyboard, and he's happy as can be. And it was just a wonderful healing. I was just thrilled for him. Super nice guy. You can see he's singing. Now, this is a very nice um, healing that the Lord did. What you're looking at is a man um, who's a teenager who was one of the, who's a quadriplegic. And what you're looking at is a guy who had been um, shot. Most of, the, most of the guys of his kind that I um, worked with who were quadriplegic, except for a few who had been in genuine accidents or had tumors, a lot of these were gang-related. I prayed over so many gang-related quadriplegics where they would be shot like this. Think about that. The gun is right here, and it's shooting you to death, or it's right here. That's why these people became quadriplegics is because somebody shot them right here or right there. And that's really rough, as you can imagine. And, and yet God would heal these people. I saw C1 quadriplegics who had been shot to die, and they would be um, moving their legs and moving their arms and healing and doing all kinds of amazing things. So the first time I prayed for this fellow, who's a late teenager, um, he was so sick that I couldn't even focus on the quadriplegia. This man was in severe pneumonia, like coughing up phlegm and blood and couldn't breathe and cough, cough, cough. And could, I, I couldn't even focus on anything but severe almost life-threatening pneumonia. He was in terrible shape. And I prayed over him and, and left, and within a few hours, he, he was completely healed. It was gone. When I went back the next day, it was like there was nothing there, nothing. And usually, you can see he's smiling. He's, in, he's in a, wearing his Budweiser <laughs> T-shirt, <laughs> having a good old time. And um, what I saw was so many of the quadriplegics, which is very typical of those of you, you know, any of you that have seen those pictures, because I've shown a few of them here um, when I've been here, is it's amazing what God does, because when you first see the people and they're sick, I mean, they're in full life support. You know, they're 
I have pictures of people in halos, you know, where they're, 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 it's like they're in a big birdcage in their head and neck because if, they, if their necks were left free, they could just flip over and snap and they're, they're finished because they're already completely paralyzed and they've already broken, you know, cervical vertebrae. So these are people that really need that. They're on ventilators. They can't breathe. So you look at pictures and you'll see them hooked up on ventilators. Some of them are wearing the halos. They're on IVs. You'll see all the IVs dripping into their arms. You'll, you know, they're on feeding tubes. They're on suprapubic catheters. He was no different. You know, he, he couldn't do anything for himself. So it's awesome when you see everybody out of all the gadgets and the gear. And, and I love what God does when they're so seriously ill like this is he starts to do miracles right away because these people are always in the ICUs. And when I've seen people that I have not prayed for who are in this kind of condition, they can be in the ICUs for weeks. I've seen patients that I've recognized are there for months. They just can't even get out of the ICUs. They're always frowning. They look miserable. And for whatever reason, they didn't want a prayer, which is really sad given what God can do. But so many of the people did want prayer, and then it was often supernatural because I would pray, and then people in the nursing department would chase me down and say there's other patients that want prayer, or there'd be patients in the same room. Let's say it was a bigger room, and they'd want the prayer that the other people had. So I got to see so many miracles. I mean, and amazing stories, you know, people hang gliding and crashing into canyons and, you know, people falling off, you know, five-story buildings. And it was amazing what God would do with these healings. And they would move through the system really fast. And they would heal so quickly, and they'd be down in rehab, and God would just march them along. That was one of the things that I would see him do. And I saw so many people leave the hospitals walking. Maybe they had a knee brace on. Maybe they had nothing. But anyway, it's really happy, happy news. And I wanted to show you his picture because he's really happy. And uh, as you can see, he's smiling. Now, this is a very touching um, case. And this is a case of people that I prayed for from San Francisco. And as you look, it's a, you're seeing a picture of a really happy, smiling family. Doesn't that look like, like, the, like if you were a family, doesn't that look like a wonderful, happy, joyful family? Joyful, radiant in the Lord. So let me share their story with you because I think it's a really important story. So I was at a church in San Francisco doing ministry, and, and toward the end, the man and the wife came up to me. The little boy was there, too, who's their son. I, I, as I said, I don't remember if he's 8 years old or 10 years old. He's one or the other. And um, so it's just the parents who came up. But the parents did not look like this. The parents were crying. And they were crying. They were sobbing. They weren't just crying. And they came up to me, and they explained to me that they hated each other. They explained to me, like the woman would say, the wife would say to the, the husband, to me, but to her husband, she would cry and cry, and she would tell him what a jerk he was and how bad he was and what bad things he did, and then she'd tell him she hated him. And then he would say, he would be crying too, and he would say, yes, I'm a jerk, but I hate you too, and these are all the bad things you do. <laughs> so this is what I'm listening to. I'm listening to people unloading on each other, pouring total hate onto each other, and and they weren't going to stop. It was unyielding. And finally, um, I, I got them to 
say what they wanted to do. I mean, were they going to divorce? And they agreed that they would try. And I made them give me one promise, which was that they'd stop putting each other down. I, pro- I made them promise. I said, it's not to me, it's to the Lord. I said, you've got to stop putting each other down. That's a promise. And they were willing to make the promise. But when they left, they were still crying, and they still said how much they hated each other. <laughs> but, but they were going to stop saying why each other was so hateful. <laughs> they might say, I hate you, but they wouldn't say why. <laughs> so we at least got something. <laughs> so, so I'm back up in the city, and I'm at another church, a whole other church. It wasn't this church at all. And I was having a great time at the church, another healing service, um, wonderful healings, lots of joy, lots of hugs. So lots, everybody and I were hugging at the end. And there's a couple in the back, and I go to the back, and guess who? <laughs> it's these people. And except I didn't recognize them, because look at the picture. Like, I never would have even offered to take a picture of them when they were hating each other. Because guess who they would hate as well? (laughs) I didn't want that. I didn't even think of taking a picture of them when they were saying how much they hated. So, but anyway, this... This was worth a picture. So the husband said, he looks at me in the first, he said, you remember us? I didn't remember them exact. Then I remembered who they were. I kind of did a double take. (laughs) Wow. And the first thing out of the husband's mouth is he said it worked. That's what he said to me. He said it worked. And he said they they made up. And they love each other now. Isn't that beautiful? (laughs) Talk about, it's like a cancer healing. (laughs) So they love each other, and, and the wife said she loves her husband, and the husband said he loves his wife, and they had me do the picture. I have, a, I have three or four pictures of them with the little boy, a precious little boy, so, so sweet. And he said, we want you to keep praying for us. He said, we heard you were at this other church. I have no idea how they'd even heard about it. I don't, e- I don't even know. But anyway, they heard I was there. They said, please keep praying for us, because he said, things are really going well. And I was so happy to hear this. It was less than a month. It was, you know, things just started to shift for them. I forget if it was three weeks or, or what when I was back up there again. And, and why I wanted to share this is we're so used to sharing, you know, the cancer healing and the getting out of the wheelchair healing. This is just as big a healing. And actually, to the Lord, I think it's a bigger healing to the Lord. Like, just think, and I love to say this, I love to share this all the time, but just think of what the scripture says. Think of the Bible. I always say this now. Where does it say in the Bible, pancreatic cancer? Where does God talk about lupus? But what does he talk about? He talks about our heart. And he talks about our love. Loving him, loving our neighbors. He wants us to love our families. This is where God's real heart is. You know, love is patient, love is kind. You know, Philippians 4.8, all the beautiful passages in the Bible have to do with our, with our hearts. Yes, we know a merry heart is good medicine, and we know that he mentions health in the Bible, but really this is more important to him. And I thought this would be such a beautiful testimony to share because these people were having a very beautiful healing that as far as I'm concerned is as big as healing your cancer. So I wanted to share that. Look at, they're all smiling. Now this is another very nice testimony, and you'll notice how many of these pictures have smiling people. 
Isn't that cool? You go into the hospital and there's all the frowns. You all have been in the hospitals. You've either been a patient, you've visited. You know what it's like when you, or you go to the doctor. You know, people go over to Stanford, where I've been, or they go to UCSF, and they come out and they start talking about it. Unless your doctor has super, super, ultra good news, most of us go come from a doctor appointment and everybody's frowning. You go to a God appointment and you get a big smile. So what you're looking at is a woman, her name is Jane, and she was down in the South Bay. She was actually in one of the churches in Salinas that we recently ministered at. Lovely churches, lovely people. And her testimony, and she's got a big smile, so something good's happened. She was blind. This was a woman who in one of her, I think her right eye was completely blinded, no vision at all. She said when she would try to look through that eye, it's just there was nothing to see. It was just, you know, like a dark shadow. She couldn't make out anything. There was no shapes, no forms, no nothing. The other eye wasn't much better. It was very impaired vision, and she had a lot of, you know, floaters, and she was describing weird shapes. She said it was, she could hardly see out of that eye, but just a little bit, and it was, you know, a little bit. So after she got prayed for, she came up front, and she, I had prayed for She said, I can see again. She was really excited. And you can see there's a big smile, and we're at the church. She actually had me take her picture and said, I can share this, because a lot of people have things like hearing issues and visual impairment or blindness. So she was really happy to share this. She said, this is a beautiful gift from the Lord, and she was very happy, and I'm happy too. Happy to share this with you. So, okay. So this is a... Um, I love to do ministry for children, and I've prayed for many, many children of with every kind of condition you can imagine. I've prayed for many kids who are autistic, kids with ADHD, little kids with cancer, little kids with everything, colic, you know, food intolerance. This this really touches me very deeply because. My first experience with kids was when I was a third-year medical student, and I was doing my pediatric rotation. And I was doing my rotation through the children's hospital that's part of our, um, you know, part of the medical complex. And it was heartbreaking to me. I was really excited to go into pediatrics and be with the kids. And I saw so many kids there who just were, from the medical side, hopeless, helpless, you know, it was heartbreaking to me. I just couldn't bear it. I'd see kids with the, you know, the the chemo going into their head and the saddest looking kids. It just broke my heart, and and I didn't didn't care for it at all. It made me really sad. Um, it was the one rot- one of the two rotations I did in medical school that really made me sad. The other rotation I did in medical school that made me sad was when I was a fourth year medical student. I opted to do oncology. So what was my job? It was shooting chemotherapy into patients who had already had tons of chemo and their veins were terrible and you could hardly get the needle in. And I saw how many of the patients were dying from the side effects of the chemo rather than the cancer. And that was a hard um, experience for me. So part of the reason that I'm so glad that the Lord led me into ministry was now I can see miracles And I can see these healing miracles that I couldn't, when I was a med student, you couldn't see, and you really couldn't see them in in practice. I could see great results, but not like the things that the Lord does. 
very good results as a doctor, but miracles, that's God's territory. And that's why I love to pray for every kind of person there is, because I know that God's miracles are going to be with them. So um, a bunch of people that I've prayed over are these little kids that are either autistic or have ADHD. And um, without getting into too much detail, I've even prayed for a medical doctor's kids where he had two autistic kids. And these kids were not healing, and he looked like he hadn't slept in about 10 years. He was so exhausted from these two little kids that weren't healing at all. And... um, the only thing that the and the kids, you know, it's typical autistic. The kids wouldn't speak. The only time the kids would interact was when one kid was beating up on the other kid. If the one kid wasn't beating up on the other kid, they'd have nothing to do with each other. They learning disability, no bonding. So the parents were exhausted, and that's what I've seen with the parents that are dealing with these things. Doesn't matter if it's ADHD or um, autism, these kinds of issues, because the kids aren't bonding. They're not. There's just so many issues. So I've loved when I've seen God do these beautiful healings of these children. That kind of makes my heart feel good for what I saw in the medical field that didn't make my heart feel good. These are beautiful things. The doctor's kids, by the way, beautiful healing. Speaking, bonding, kids are playing together. Learning disabilities gone. Kids are doing great. So I want to give you a good report. And the doctor said, wow, I learned a lot about how to pray for the sick. So he's now praying for sick people, too, in his practice. What about that? That's really cool. He's a surgeon. He's now praying. He said, I'm going to pray. I know how to pray now. He said, I I didn't know how to pray. That's why the kids were having, they just weren't getting anywhere. Not, Not that the father and mother weren't deeply believers. They were. It's just they hadn't quite, you know, put this part, this kind of healing prayer together and he said I love doing this he, he said it's wonderful I love I love doing this kind of prayer so this is a little boy who um, is again s- suffering from the same kind of issue where learning impaired um, no relationship with people um, actually quite violent hyperactive and violent like if he was going to relate to you he was going to like try to you know, smash you or something, little kid trying to smash you. And he was a disaster, and the school was really upset because he was unworkable with at the school. And they begged the family to, before I came in and prayed for him, they begged the family to put him on medication to, to get him doing better. And they put him on medication, and he got worse. That was not fun. And the parents hear back from the school that he's even worse. And they said, please put him on medication. And they just didn't have the heart to tell the school he was on medication. So that was not a good thing. So I got called in to to pray for him. And, you know, I got a taste of how rough this little boy was because, you know, he's just running around and screaming and not really connecting with anybody, including me. And, and screaming and yelling. and um, So I prayed, and I just kept at it and prayed and prayed. And, and I could tell that the Lord was starting to touch him. I prayed into his brain. I prayed into his nervous system. I prayed into his involuntary nervous system. I mean, I prayed into everything. And, um, and by the end, I could see that, that something was starting to shift a little bit because he actually started to um, kind of... to. I won't say talk to me, but he started to 
interact with me in a way where he wasn't going to, like, crush me and kill me or something. You know, he was starting to get a little friendly. And then I get a call two days later saying there's a big shift in this little boy, and he's really starting to heal. And so I went back, and I met with them all again. This time, it was so beautiful. He was interacting with every single family member, loving every one of them. There wasn't one family member that he was not loving and interacting with. It was a beautiful thing. And um, this little boy has had a beautiful healing. As you can see, he's, he's focused. Um, the two doctor's kids, same thing. As they got healed, their learning capacity went up and they could focus. This little boy is focusing. He's sitting quietly. Impossible for, for a little boy like this when you're initially working with them. He's doing well in school. I have a picture of him playing the drums. This little boy's playing the drums now. So he's doing really well. And, and I did want to share something about, about the kids, if any of you have kids that you're concerned with. Let's see, do I have any other pictures, or is that it? That's it. Okay. So um, what we're going to do now is we're going to go ahead with prayer. And um, that's really where I want to turn to next. And did everybody have a chance to fill out the form? Anybody not? Just to put in what you're concerned about? So if any of you haven't had a chance, maybe we could pass some sheets back, and then the rest of them we can move up. And basically what I just want to see is what you all need individually. We liked, I like to divide, um, as those of you that have been where I've done prayer, I like to divide the um, group prayer into two segments. Because, um, again, what I always like to share for those of you that um, weren't here earlier today or haven't had any training of this sort, is that when you're doing medical prayer that's truly medical ministry, um, that isn't um, you know, prayer ministry that doesn't have the medical component in, it's, it's somewhat different. If we're doing um, medical or doing more ministerial prayer over a health issue, um, you might pray for things you can see, like maybe the person can't move their arm. You might ask the Lord to help their arm move. But you don't have a lot of medical detail about why and how the condition came about. So what the Lord showed me that he wanted when I first started to be in the hospitals was that he really wanted me and, and the other doctors, as you know, like Dr. Malou, who does this kind of work, and the other doctors that we've worked with, he really wants us to call on our medical knowledge and wisdom to pray for the way he creates the body. Now, that's the big difference, is without the medical training, you know what the diagnosis is. You know that there's a liver cancer, or you know there's a osteoarthritis or whatever, but you don't exactly know how the Lord... Um, oh, thank you so much. You don't know exactly how the Lord put all these parts together so that, um, thank you, so that we don't have these issues. Like, remember, the way God creates us is none of us should ever be sick. If we didn't have an enemy out there lurking around, all of us 24-7, we, we wouldn't even need this. We'd be in perfect health. We'd be in joy. We'd be in love. We'd be in happiness. Who needs any of this? You know, you don't need to you don't need me as your medical doctor to go make you miserable by doing all these lab tests and throwing you on drugs you don't even like and make you have side effects. I, I don't mean to run down my field, but it's just that 
A lot of people don't like, I hear so many complaints, you just wouldn't believe, you know, they, they think that I'm okay to complain to because I'm not, I'm not doing this anymore the way I used to. So I hear, you can't imagine, I'm, you know, I'm still doing ministry at Stanford. I get so many Stanford complaints about the medical part. And, um, you know, people are just disappointed or they don't like the way they're treated or whatever it is. So, you know, I hear this stuff all the time. So it's much better that if, if we were all in perfect health and, and perfect joy and perfect love, we'd be that way 24-7. That, that's, that's really what God wants for us. God, there is nothing in the Lord that wants any of us to be sick. The Lord is endlessly loving, endlessly good. You all know that. And endlessly wants us just to be... Um, just absolutely radiant in, in his love and his blessings and his goodness. And love the Lord thy God and love thy neighbor as thyself. We know how God wants us to be. He wants us to just be full of love for him and everybody else. And that's beautiful. So when I have to pray, when I pray into people, from what he wants from me and the other doctors is he wants us to call on our knowledge base and to pray for you the way that he created you. And what I did today when I was training in autoimmune disease is I was calling on that because the, um, your ability to not have autoimmune disease and, and heal depends not only on the part of, the, of your body that's affected, like let's say you have lupus nephritis in your kidneys not working, or you have um, um, rheumatoid arthritis and you've got a lot of joints that are swollen and red and painful and not working well. Um, he wants us not to pray into the part of the body but in how he created the whole thing. How does he do that? He does everybody through the brain. Every one of you, if you have anything on these sheets, needs your brain prayed over. And if I've prayed over your brains already, no problem. I could pray over you a hundred times. It will never be too much. That's one of the healings that will only benefit every one of us, no matter how many times we do it. It's a beautiful, beautiful prayer. And then the endocrine system, which depends on the brain to function. That's our glands. We've got to pray into that, too, for autoimmunity. So there was kind of a triumvirate that I prayed, taught over today. I, you can endlessly go into this, but those were three big parts that would help you pray for people with autoimmunity. So we're going to do the same thing tonight, which is I'm going to pray for everybody's brain. Even if you've gotten 10 prayers, the 11th one is fine too. It's all good. It's all, it's all going to help. It's a blessing. Everybody feels much better. Now I do want to say that even the emotional issues do get touched by this because everybody's got emotional issues. I've never met a human being that doesn't have something. Again, only Jesus, only our one perfect human being um, is exempt from this. Jesus, the Son of, of God. But the rest of us have times where we go off balance. And whatever it is, everybody's, oh my goodness, <laughs> everybody's different. Everybody has different emotional issues. So praying for the brain helps that. It helps the physical body. It helps everything. So we're going to start with that right away. And then we're going to move into individual prayers because I see a lot of, a lot of stuffs come back here that, that I'm going to want to check out. And um, 
and so we want to help you both ways, both through the general prayers that everybody needs for foundational healing and then for the individual. So we're going to do both. And oh, anybody else? <laughs> anybody else? So, um, so we're going we're gonna to go ahead and, 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 and do both. So um, the nice thing about the brain prayer is I've seen people starting to heal even from that because it does regulate the whole body. And often I'll find out that, um, you know, we've seen everything from Melissa with cerebral palsy um, heal and get out of her wheelchair when I was praying over the brain. 25 years in her wheelchair, and she's never in a wheelchair ever again. From a, a patient with glau- you know, glaucoma and um, brain cancer, there or eye cancer. There was a wonderful testimony that Dr. Malou was very engaged in in Oakland with a little girl with a cancer of the eye that completely disappeared with prayer, and she could read again. They found no trace of the cancer after the prayer. So, so even the general prayer, just understand that a major healing is happening as I begin to do this. Do not ever undersell what the Lord will do for you because this first layer of prayer is extremely important for your correction and also for things you haven't even written about. A lot of you have things that you're not even writing on this that, you know, maybe you think, okay, let's do the cancer, let's do the emphysema, let's do the, you know, the, the broken foot. And there might be a bunch of other things that gets picked up in this first level of prayer. So let's all start together, and, um, and, and I would like to see everybody here. My prayer for you all is you all feel better, and that you all, oh, thank you so much, and that you all have um, some level of, of healing. And as I look at these, it's just typical enemy. I'm seeing cancers and organ system imbalances and um, structural impairment and emotional things. It's just... It's just what the enemy wants to do to basically make you not have what the Lord wants you to have, which is this 24-7 wonderful life. And again, the whole point of this prayer is to move you toward that. That is the whole point of this ministry, is to move you toward the love and the joy, more and more of God, and to have the life that he really wants you to have, which is awesome. So that's what you're meant to have. So let's start. <clears throat> let's all just relax, and if you're, if you even, maybe you're already all relaxed, but just get into a place of the greatest peace, and, and I love doing the prayers, because this is really your personal time with God. Every one of you is different, every one of you God is going to be treating in his own personal relationship with you. That's what I love about this, it's not like he's treating everybody like a big group, Every one of you is completely individual. If we had 7 billion people here tonight, every one of you would get the perfect individual healing that you need from the Lord. It's not like he's going to give everybody the same thing. He doesn't do that. So just get into a place of absolute receptiveness and peace and just know that this is your time with the Lord. So let's go ahead and pray. So dear Lord God, dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you, Lord, for your goodness and your love and your caring. I thank you, Lord, for your presence among us. You never abandon us. You never leave us. People worry about these things in their earthly life. 
people worry about things like abandonment and rejection and am I loved? Do people care about me? With God, that's never even in question. He loves every one of us. Every one of us is completely precious, special, beautiful to him. And Lord, I just want to pray into every one of my brothers and sisters in Christ. Because that's another thing that he wants to move us toward, which is loving one another. We have a whole room of people here in the sanctuary, and maybe some of you know each other, and then there's those of you that don't. For example, <clears throat> there's a, <clears throat> a lot of you here tonight that I have never met before, but you are my brothers and sisters because that is how God created us to be. He created us to love one another. It doesn't matter if I've known you for 20 years or I've known you for one evening. <clears throat> You're, all of you, through the Lord, were meant to love one another. It's very simple in God's world. So I want to pray that in Jesus' name. And I want to begin by praying out anything that is not of the Lord in this room. Because when you bring in all the things that are on this sheet, um, none of this is from God. These are from generational curses. These are from family patterns. Like the cancer, there's no cancer without DNA mutations. You've got to have those mutations in your DNA. And for some of you, you brought that in through the family DNA pattern. Not everybody, but some of you. This is true with, with a lot of disease. We recognize this in the medical field. Can we do anything about it? No, we can't really do much. But can God? Yes. That's why it's important to pray for these things. So if many things that you all brought in, physical, structural, chemical, emotional, mental, may come from family patterns. If they are, we just want anything that shouldn't be there <clears throat> for the Lord to take. If anything is from the enemy, anything is from the devil, we know how much that's an issue just from the word of God. And I, Lord, I just want to pray for everyone here that they be relieved of anything that is not you. That if they came in with any of these issues on a um, repeating, recurring basis, I just ask, Lord, that you remove that so they are lightened. They are lightened in their their heart, they're lightened in every part of their, of, their, of their bodies to not keep having to deal with the enemy over and over, um, creating things that shouldn't be there. So I'm going to begin by praying into your brain. And what I normally do that, that you all who've been prayed for are used to <clears throat> is usually I'm praying for the different parts of the brain like the tripartite brain, the cerebral cortex, the midbrain, the hindbrain, the limbic system. But I'm going to do things a little differently tonight because that's what God's guiding me right now. And so what I want to begin by praying into are things that are really crucial for healing. And the first thing I do want to start with is that part that's deep within the brain, um, which is the hippocampus. That's the memory center of the brain, the memory center, the memory storage. And it's very hard to be free of illness when that illness is sitting in your memory center as a memory, um, as an input. You cannot get rid of illness with this. 
And in the normal way of things, we have no way to get rid of those memories. We don't have any incredible thing in the medical field that's just going to clean out your hippocampus and, and get rid of all this garbage, which is it's really garbage that's sitting in there when it's negative. Again, as I love to mention, I'm not here to pray against things that are of the Lord, things that are of joy, things that are of love. Those memories are wonderful. Who would ever want to touch any of those things? We want to keep you as joyful and happy and positive and <clears throat> loving God and loving our brothers and sisters and rest family and friends, loving life as can be. But where those things are in there and they are triggering illness, we do not want them. And again, for those of you that haven't had your hippocampus prayed over, just be aware that you begin to have memories coming into your brain and, and being functional before you're ever born. You are in your mother's womb, and, and the brain and these other parts of the body, once we get to three weeks, four weeks, and on after conception, you're starting to create memory. And, and if the memory is good and you're, the family is happy and joyful and you're a loved little baby in creation, those are nice memories that are already starting to come into your, your nervous system in your brain. But if there's a lot of things going on that are negative, it could be anything. It could be parents fighting. It could be um, an abandonment of one parent by the other. It could be family illness going on at that time. It could be a death in the family. It could be someone losing their job. It could be a problem with, with the home. I mean, it's just an endless supply. Um, I just prayed this week for a woman who is very compromised with multiple sclerosis, <clears throat> severe autoimmune disease. And um, one of her family generational curses turned out that her mother's an alcoholic and that her mother was an alcoholic way before she was ever born or conceived. So when we started looking at some of these potential risk issues for her from the medical side, that's a risk issue that, you know, she had a mother who couldn't control her, her alcoholic intake, and, you know, that's a potential impact during pregnancy. We know that things like, you know, excessive use of alcohol during pregnancy is very detrimental to the development of a, of a baby, as it's developing. So these are important things to know. Oh, thank you so much. And um, that's great. So we want to pray out anything from the generational side that might be kind of resting in you that could be illness, it could be emotional, it could be a family, you know, generational curse through the, you know, a lot of people in the family are depressed or people have mental illness in the family. These things pass through. Or, or just even issues going on at that time. So anything that is not of the Lord, we want to pray that out, even pre-birth. I don't want to just ignore that, because if you brought things in through pre-birth, I don't want to leave that there with you and just let that sit there. If it's post-birth things, we want to pray that out as well, if it's not um, of the Lord and it's not giving you a blessed life. So anything that is... Um, that is a burden. It doesn't matter if it were illnesses that, that have been ongoing and never healed well, or if it's the issues on these sheets that you've been struggling with, still not healing, um, or whatever it is, just things that you felt have 
you know, kind of tear you down. And I see this all the time with people. One of the things I was sharing this afternoon when we were, we were doing the class was I have many people who will come to me for ministry and they just do not believe they're healed. One of the examples I was giving that I hear quite often are people who are in remission or they seem to be heading that way with cancer and they'll come to me and and they're fearful. They're really afraid that that cancer is going to come back. I've heard that so many times I can't even count. They'll they'll say, I'm really afraid the cancer is going to come back. And then they'll say that um, things like, I don't believe I'm healed. Or God put me in remission, but I don't think I'm going to stay in remission. So they're already doubting and thinking that this is a continuing issue, that they're not going to heal. They're going to come right back. They don't know when, but that's what their mindset is. Or people with addictive behavior um, who are not currently doing addictions, but they don't really believe that they're healed. They don't trust that that process has occurred. So all of us can have this. I mean, you, we hear it in the medical field all the time. Someone will, will say, I've been married three times, four times, five times, and I always pick a drug addict. I always pick an alcoholic or something. We tend to be habitual in, in our behavior. And when the Lord heals us, it allows us to let go of habitual behavior that is destructive. Without the Lord, these things tend to rest there because it's the enemy. So I want to pray in Jesus' name for every one of you that whatever, let's call it garbage, you have in the hippocampus that is keeping you from healing, that you can recognize yourself is a negative. Let's just, in the name of the Lord, just empty every bit of your hippocampus out of anything negative, which only God can do. Again, I have no you know, secret miracle thing in the medical field that can do this. This is God's work. So I'm going to pray for all of you that you be relieved and that you do not have to go back to negative past experience. You can let it go. That is something you do to honor God. If you have a tendency to keep going there, which a lot of people do, this is the perfect time for you to just say, God, I want to make a change tonight. I don't know if I'm going to be perfect. A lot of us aren't perfect. But say, I'm going to really work with you, and when these old things come up, I'm not going to doubt you anymore. I'm, going to, I'm not going to give in to this endless worry that I'm never going to heal because of the stuffing of negativity into my hippocampus. So I want to pray that for every one of you, because that's a super blessing. If you can just not go back to the negative, that's a big chunk of healing already. Anybody want to do that tonight? Good. Anybody? Everybody? (laughs) Every hand? (laughs) Good. That's a good thing, because if you go with this, nobody is saying perfection. God never says perfection. What he says is just go with it. And he will lead you. He will, he will heal you. He will never let you down. Just move with him in these areas. It's a little bit like, is everybody willing to also not be in such bad moods when they get triggered? Anybody? It's really hard for people. It's not an easy thing to not get angry and not feel victimized and not feel hopeless and not, uh, you know. But everybody willing to give it a try? Good. One more big yes. Yes! Yes! Good. 
again, nobody's asking for perfection, but work with it and you'll get there. You'll see that the old habitual patterns that, that are not from the Lord, if you, if, you, if you hold to this, you're going to move in the right direction and you might move in it instantly. Maybe like that man I showed, you know, he just doesn't get angry anymore. A number of us can have that happen, and there may be things that stick a little harder. But just move with it. Move with the, you know, the trusting God. Move with the not letting yourself go into these old patterns, and, and it's going to make a big difference. Um, especially the hippocampus, especially with the emotional things. So let's now go into the neurons. And everybody has a lot of these. We have, as you all know, almost 100 billion. I love that word, billion. That's a lot of numbers. (laughs) It's not million or 100,000. It's 100 billion neurons, almost 100 billion. And those are the foundational cells of your brain. And why are these things so hard to heal that are on all these sheets? is because these patterns are embedded in your neurons. They're not just embedded in your body. They're embedded in your brain cells. That's why this work is so important, because without getting these things healed, you're just stuck with a lot of hardware that is sick. And that's one of the things that God showed me when we first started. And, you know, he's coming from me as a medical doctor, and I know know what we see in the field— And he's explaining to me from the spiritual side in terms of doing prayer that when people are prayed over, if you want to completely get a hundred million percent healing, you've got to heal their hardware, not just the software. You want both. you, You don't want to just heal the hardware and no software, and you don't want software with no hardware. And God can do it all. You know, if he chooses to... We can just say, God, please heal this or that. And, of course, he can heal everything instantly. But a lot of people struggle with these issues that are ongoing, like the woman that that I prayed for this week with multiple sclerosis. She's in the healthcare field. She is not a layperson. This is a woman with a very strong healthcare background who's a believer, and she's almost 40 years of struggling with this illness, and not for any lack. It's just... There's just some habitual patterns, there's some belief systems, there's some medical things that just need to be worked with her to to help her move past this incredible stuckness that she's in. And, and, And God can do this by addressing every part of us in this healing. It's a big help. So I want to pray for that um, for all of you, because it's really important to have healthy neurons. Otherwise, every sickness, every bad mood, every life issue is right there in your neurons. Just It's malware for the computer. I'm not a computer person, but I do know that malware isn't something that, you're, that you want. It's like bad news, <laughs> bad information. We just want good information. So, Lord, I just want to pray for every one of my friends here, every one of you, that you take out every destructive, sick, poorly programmed, negative, degenerating, even dead neuron that they should not have, that is keeping them sick. I want to pray out every one of those, because what do those neurons do? Those neurons have a cell body, 
an axon and a dendrite, and it just passes information and signals all over the brain. You're just circling over and over again with some good information but a whole lot of bad information if you're sick or if you're really stuck on something. And, Lord, I ask you to just take this out. And we have a process that God created called apoptosis, which is regulated cell death, where he can just go in and clean out everything that shouldn't be in there. God can do this for every one of us. And I want to pray it in because what I've seen in doing this kind of work is you could have something that's been there for 60 years and God will still heal it. It's not like, what, God can't take something out and heal it. You could have had it in there 100 years and he can still totally heal you and make you completely well. So, Lord, I just want to pray to you for all of my friends here that every damaged neuron is taken out, that is keeping them sick, that is keeping them stuck in habitual patterns. So I want everyone here to have those neurons removed. Everybody's got them. None of us from the medical, we don't want them from our medical school. You know, none of the doctors, the nurses, the healthcare providers that are in our program, we don't want that stuff any more than anybody else does. Everybody's got some sticking with this. So, Lord, I just pray not only do you take out all the old neurons that resonate to illness, but I want to pray in perfect, healthy, beautiful neurons for all of you that replace the old neurons that shouldn't be there. We don't want to just take out bad neurons. Lord, I want beautiful, healthy, good neurons that release the injury, that release the trauma, that release the illness, that release the patterns. Because all of these things end up being patterns. Patterns of illness, patterns of upset, patterns of fear, everything, patterns of addiction. It just ends up being a pattern. This is what we want to get rid of through the neurons. And it's a beautiful healing because when God puts in new neurons, it's like me watching God grow out a limb on a person who has no limb, like I've seen him do in the hospital. One day that person had, like the the guy in his 80s that I prayed for, here's a guy with no arm, just a little stub of an arm. It's completely paralyzed. And I pray for him. He's in the ICU. One of the main things God does right away is grow his arm out. And he gives him two arms that are the same exact length, except, as I always joke about, one arm looks like 20 years old. It's not the original arm. It's a new arm. (laughs) And it's strong and healthy, and he's moving this arm around, and it looks fabulous. looks like the guy's going to go out and chop trees down with that arm. It's a gorgeous-looking arm. And, you know... We, we don't give God the rules and tell him what this is supposed to look like. But it was a beautiful healing. So there, it's, it, there's nothing you have that God can't fix. The arm is a beautiful example because it was something that wasn't there. And then he can put it there. So whatever you guys have, he can give you new neurons, new programming, and give you exactly what you'd like. So I want to pray in Jesus' name for that for every one of you. And I want to pray into your neurotransmitters because those are the chemicals along with the cell structure that will heal you. And a huge amount of healing comes through the neurotransmitters. And again, remember, we have two kinds. We have a lot of different chemicals, but they're of two kinds because God loves to balance the body. He's always doing 
um, chemicals that either pick you up or put you down. He's always doing this to balance you and get you right in the middle. And he does the same thing with the neurotransmitters. So remember, you have inhibitory neurotransmitters that slow you down and shut you down, and you have excitatory neurotransmitters that speed you up and can even make you hyperactive. They can get you too fast-paced. And what does God create you for? It's to have the two balance each other. Why do we see illness? It's because you're out of balance. A lot of people are on one side of the neurotransmitters or they're on the other, but they're not balanced. We see that all the time in the medical field. Or you have both sides going, but they're not good versions of what you should have. You've got toxic excitatory and toxic inhibitory. So let's pray and balance for everybody. This is one of my favorite parts. I love praying into this because it really matters. So... Let's go into the inhibitory side first. Every one of you is going to be different. Every one of you is going to need balance in one way or another. And that's all I'm really trying to work through with the prayers because you're all going to be different. So let's look into the inhibitory side. And again, inhibitory quiets you down. Let's look at the positive. What does healthy inhibitory look like? Well, that's the receptive side of our chemical makeup. So first of all, when we're super healthy, what do we receive? What's the best thing we can receive in our whole life? It's God's love. There's nothing more wonderful than the receiving of God's love. So when we receive his love, we receive his goodness, his mercy, his caring, his guidance. We just receive from the Lord everything beautiful and positive, his goodness. So when we're super healthy on that side, that's what we receive. Um, love and guidance and caring and all, all things beautiful. Now, what happens to us when we go out of balance? Well, first of all, it's not that that we're going to be feeling. When we get shut down through excessive inhibition, we get depressed. The number one thing is we feel depressed. People get into grieving. They get into sadness. They feel isolated. They feel lonely. They feel hopeless. They feel helpless victimization, these are all that kind of downer kind of things that people just feel terrible when they're um, feeling these things. It's not the Lord. And then there's illnesses that we see from the inhibitory side as well. So one of the big things we see is chronic fatigue. Like if you're just chronically tired or your body is not healing very well because, again, you're It's like a chemical break. When you're in too much inhibition, you shut down. So it means you don't heal. It means you have infections that aren't healing or infectious diseases that are just kind of hanging around or you keep getting infected over and over again. You have tissues that don't heal. Examples, diabetics. What do we see with diabetics? We see a lot of skin breakdown. We see a lot of poor healing of diabetics with their tissue. Unfortunately, cancer is an inhibitory dominant illness. The way God created us, every one of us should crush cancer. We We should have healthy, strong immune systems that just crush that. And it crushes precancer, hyperplasia, dysplasia, borderline cancers. Every single level can get crushed when our immune system is strong, 
excitatory. Our immune system should be more excitatory, strong and dominant, and we shouldn't have any of these issues. But what happens with cancer is that the cancer is able to evade and, and, and not be touched so much by the immune system, and it can lead to a lot of problems. Um, a great example of this that I've shared, I uh, can't remember if I've shared with you guys, but it's worth sharing um, because it covers all of these issues, was one of the cancer patients that I prayed for had cancer kept coming back, new cancers, and when I was called in to pray for her, um, she was actually a, um, a, a can- cancer patient over at Stanford, so she was getting all her chemo and everything through the, through there. And um, so, again, recurring cancers. She, she was super depressed, so inhibitory, inhibitory depression. And one more inhibition, she was getting opportunistic infections, and she couldn't heal from any infections. So cancer's not healing, infection's not healing, depression's not healing, everything inhibitory with her. And so I prayed over her, and God just started... You know, we got all the brain, got the nervous system balanced. And what does God do? He immediately starts to heal her. So her mood starts to heal. And I still remember her telling me how good she felt as the depression finally started to lift. And as soon as the depression lifted, what happens? All of her infections go away. This woman, they were were giving her IV constantly at the emergency room over there. She's not healing. So it was an incredible thing. All of a sudden, all these infections go away, and the final thing is the cancer just shrivels up because that inhibition, inhibition, inhibition just all disappeared because all we had to do was balance her to the two sides. It's not that complicated in the Lord, much more complicated in the medical world, but but God does the miracles so he can do these amazing things. So I want to pray for all of you, and if we don't have enough on the... um, inhibitory side, you get pain. And so we have pain if there's not enough and discomfort, and then all those slow down things if there's too much. So what I want to pray is the perfect balance for all of you. I want to pray that every one of you has perfect inhibition, and it's wonderful, and all you have is the love of God regulating you, getting all these illnesses, whether it's hypoadrenia or hypothyroid or slow slow-functioning heart, whatever's slowed down, um, cancer, infections, wound healing, exhaustion. Let's pray it all out and pray out the pain, and let's put the perfect love and blessings of the Lord, which is right in the middle. You're not hyper, you're not hypo, you're right in the middle. And let's pray for that in the name of Jesus, because it's a beautiful thing to pray for. It's wonderful. And then let's go to the other side, because the perfection of the um, of the inhibition is God's love. And now let's go to the other side, and what do we have there? Love on one side and the creative energy and power of the Lord on the other. We want both. God wants us to have energy and strength, and he wants us to receive his love. And when that side is out of balance, totally different issues. You are an angry person. Any of you rec- Are you all perfect? Everybody here being perfect? Nobody ever gets angry or upset? (laughs) Or a few of you know what that feels like. Anyway, it's on that side. Um, Anxiety, fear, worry, panic attacks, judgmentalness, 
wanting to punch somebody. <laughs> um, that's all on the other side. Judgmentalness, resentment, irritability, that's all on that side. And we have a lot of illnesses on that side. Um, it's anything that is where you attack yourself and it's hyperactive, that's on that side. Um, we see OCD, by the way. We see um, bipolar mania, all these um, kinds of emotional diseases where we have those kind of out of balance where you're going into um, extreme emotional states. It's excitatory. Now, what illnesses do we see on that side? We see anything like autoimmune diseases where you're attacking yourself really aggressively. And unlike cancer, where the cancer is running away on the inhibitory side, it's just, you know, you're chasing it not very well, and it's avoiding you, avoiding your immune system. On the other side, you're constantly being attacked by your own immune system that wants to damage you through the enemy. And so you're getting constantly damaged through autoimmunity, and it could be allergies, it could be asthma, it can be lupus, it can be multiple sclerosis, um, rheumatoid arthritis, fibromyalgia. I'm just giving you some examples of, of these kinds of illnesses. Eczema, you've all heard of all these, right? Eczema, um, psoriasis, vitiligo, pemphigus, um, celiac disease where you react to gluten, you know, in wheat, and um, ulcerative colitis, tons of illnesses. So, um, so I just want to pray in Jesus' name for all of you that that is completely healed, and and that um, and also structural issues, muscles, ligaments, tendons, nerves, bones. It's all part of too much excitation, and and also just inflammatory diseases in general. Inflammations on that side. Now, what, what about when we're really good with the Lord? How do we feel? Well, we don't have all this physical and emotional stuff. What we have is just a lot of energy and strength and joy and happiness. And, and it's a beautiful thing. When we're balanced, it all comes together. We don't have illness nearly so much. It's very rare. We're in joy. We're in happiness. We have lots of energy. And we also sleep well at night. We have... You know, we have quiet time, we have God's love, we have joy, it's balance. So I want to pray that for all of you in the name of Jesus. And with that, I want to invite everybody up here, and we're going to go ahead and, and finish this up. And um, we're going to have our, our people and the church's people come up. And any of you that want prayer, um, we're here now to fill in the individual things that you need. And we have an incredible prayer team through Blazing Fire. I'm give you- yeah, so Blazing Fire teams, uh, prayer teams, please come up too, uh, even though uh, Dr. Susan has a few teams. Come up first because otherwise uh, people are already coming forward for prayer.